Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey yo, welcome back. We've taken all of 15 minutes of a break to just kind of re- refresh, retune. And for anybody who took a little bit longer before they press play on the second part, we are doing the second half of our player props, the AFC side. And we're also going to throw in a little bit of crystal ball predictions. We're going to announce the awards that we think are going to be given out at the end of the 2020 fantasy season. We're going to be handing out the MVP, rookie of the year, the comeback player, biggest bust, and the best fantasy team. Tom, are you ready to rock and roll? Let's get this shit on. So let's just jump right in. We already did news. You guys have already heard it from the previous pod. We'll start with MVPs. Tom, who is your crystal ball prediction for best fantasy player for 2020? You know, I think talking to you, we both kind of agree it's likely going to be CMC. But at the same time, we're not going to just pick CMC because it's chalky and it's a little boring. So I'm going to say who I think is going to be a top three running back, along with one Alvin Kamara, CMC, and Joe Mixon. Okay, that's who we're going with as the MVP because with his average draft position at eight or under, depending on what league you're playing in, you're going to get your most bang for buck. So he is going to be my MVP there. I think that since the offense is completely revitalized with an actual quarterback in Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon, get ready. It's a coming out party. We've seen it when he gets touches. Can't wait. Robbie, who you got, buddy? This is almost your like dark horse MVP. It's like we, we, we know who he would pick, but it's like, you're, you're not going hot takey. I don't think that's hot takey at all. It's just like a little dark horse. It's like, bet you didn't see that coming. A little, little, little bit there. You know, it's like very Bengalish striped. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. My guy is going to be Dakota Prescott. Ugh. This is not homerism. I yeah. promise you. I've been, I've been ranting and raving all off season about how mm-hmm. the Cowboys offense, I think is just going to continue to build upon what they did last year. And that was, Dak Prescott being the quarterback two um, on a per-game basis. He was quarterback three. And with a worse defense, with C.D. Lamb being added in, with Blake Jarwin being added in over Jason Witten. You guys have heard me say this probably 100 times now. I think that offense is just going to continue to take that step. And so Dak Prescott going in the sixth, I'd, I'd take him earlier than that. Like I just think that's a huge value for a guy that I have as, as my number one player. He's going to be fantasy MVP, lock it in. So the problem with your thing is I don't I don't hate it as a, a fantasy perspective because exactly what I just did with Joe Mixon the value 
You know what I mean? If you get yeah. Joe Mixon at the end of round one, early round two, or Dak Prescott, and he surpasses Lamar or Mahomes, then you have an, a statistical advantage every single week because you didn't have to blow in a top three pick on a QB. So I don't hate it. Rookie of the year. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to take this because I mentioned him earlier. Joe Hollywood Burrow. He's going to be a rookie of the year, especially in uh, super flex leagues. Um, you sat there. You're like, oh, man, I got the 101. I'm going to have to take a running back. And the next thing you know, Joe Burrow just blows up, especially if you're in a Debbie league because two is gone. No one took Joe Bur- Burrow in Debbie leagues. It was fantastic if you had the 101. So I think – since he actually having a quarterback completely revitalizes that offense. Mixon's going to be able to have more room to run because, oh my God, they can throw the ball. Burrow is going to be able to throw the ball to Boyd and AJ Green and whoever the hell else he wants to. Let's be serious. But some that's, what that's what I'm going to go with. I could have went CEH. I could have went, you know, Jonathan Taylor, whatever. I'm going to go Joe Burrow there because I, I actually like what he does for the offense. I'm surprised you actually didn't take JT with how uh, big of a fan you are. Listen, I love JT, but at the same time, Burrow is almost free in redraft leagues, whereas Jonathan Taylor, you know, you got to pay a fourth and fifth round pick for him. So if you wait and you just load up on everyone else and Burrow can be a QB1 and you don't spend anything to get him, sure, have at it, man. Well, maybe we'll do that then since it seems chalky to probably pick CEH, who is who I have down for this. Let's kind of flip that script, do what we did for MVP and say, if we're not picking just the chalk CEH, I'm going to go Jalen Rager. I'm going to, I'm going to reverse my, my supposed homerism. I'm going to pick an Eagle. And I think Jalen Rager is just such a talent. And he, I, I don't think it's going to be too long before he is going to be peppered with targets, not quite at that Ertz level, but pretty damn close. I, I don't think Alshon is, is going to be a threat. I think Deshaun Jackson is a, you know, four or five targets a game. He's just a deep threat. And I think Jalen Rager is going to quickly kind of have that A.J. Brown uh, research, not, not resurgence, but that surgence uh, in the second half of the season. So give me Jalen Rager to win MVP or, excuse me, rookie of the year. And that's kind of – I think that's a little bold because we don't normally think of the wide receiver, the rookie wide receivers as those guys who kind of take uh, take over. But I think we saw it with A.J. Brown, and, uh, and we'll see it again here with Jalen Rager. If Jalen Rager approaches 100 targets, he's going to be a top – you know, 18 wide receiver easily. And we are all over that stuff over here. We're going comeback player of the year here. And Robbie, I'm going to let you lead it off here since I just did it for the first two. Yeah, man. I've another guy I've been ranting and raving about all off season, Cam Newton, the minute he was signed with the Patriots, I was all in. Uh, I think this is a good merge for what he can do with uh, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels mind. And his weapons aren't beautiful, but I think they're good enough to, to get him there. Uh, Edelman, uh, James White are just two guys that you can rely on for, for exactly what Cam Newton needs. He's a good rusher, you know, and he's, he's always been a top five quarterback whenever he's played all 16 games. So give me Cam Newton to be the comeback player of the year. You know what? I don't, I don't hate that by any means. I'm actually a little excited to see what Bill Belichick can do with a different quarterback for, for 16 games. It'll be weird. It'll be weird. It's really going to be weird. But I think Cam is so unorthodox, it might actually work somehow. Because if you're if you're the Dolphins, how are you game planning for the Patriots week one? I mean, you don't They're have to rotate quarterbacks. Who do you prepare for? Are you looking 
Yeah, totally the most most Belichickian move ever. We're probably gonna play six quarterbacks. We're gonna bring Mo Sanu back, even though we cut him to throw two passes. We uh, we signed Cam Newton, but we're gonna give Brian Hoyer snaps. Yes, and Jared Stidham playing tight end this week. Asi Asi, sorry, buddy, you're out. <laughs> I think I said it right. Uh, so. I'm also going QB for Comeback Player of the Year, and mine is slightly older. He's 38, I believe, and it is going to be one big Ben Roethlisberger. He has the offensive weapons. He's got Connor. He's got Juju. He's got Deontay Johnson. James Washington's still there. Vance McDonald is a monster. I'm kidding. I can't even uh, go on a bit. Vance McDonald. Eric Ebron. But So he's got some red zone weapons. Listen. He's not throwing the ball with elbow pain for the first time. If you looked at pictures, he doesn't look like, uh, you know, a 38-year-old bus driver who's an alcoholic and got laid off from whatever job he had before. So that's really exciting. Um, And he's got the third easiest quarterback schedule, according to Scott Barrett over at Fantasy Points. That is huge, having an easy quarterback schedule, because Ben absolutely feasts on stuff like that. If you want to tell me Big Ben's not going to have like 50-point games, he'll probably have two because that's what Big Ben does if he's healthy. And I think that's the big difference there. So I, I think, again, for the price that these two quarterbacks are going, Ben is even cheaper than Cam. And you know what? I'm going Ben there. What do you think, Robbie? Did you see the video that he put out, Big Ben put out one? It, it crossed my timeline just recently, but it was back in May, and it's a video of him – you know, he's on a plane. He's got, you know, he's, he just had surgery or something like that. He doesn't have the beard yet, but he says, I'm not okay. going to shave until like his wife is videoing it. I'm not going to shave until I can throw a football, you know, an actual NFL pass. And then, no. okay, I need to send it to you. Cause then he just does this montage music, gets you pumped up. And then it shows him just slinging it to Juju and Juju comes up to the screen. And says he's back. And I'm just like, Oh, let's go. Yeah. But I mean, you look at Ben, who is a top five quarterback in a lot of years. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know it, at least six, seven years. So he's, uh, yeah, for that price, give me Ben. I think, I think between him and Cam, I think the age will also give him the edge because he's 38. And I don't know if people are really expecting him to come back uh, to be a top eight quarterback, top or even a QB1, whereas Cam. Who knows? People may have been thinking that he was or he was washed. I don't know. Some people just hate Cam Newton because they hate Cam Newton. Uh, so let's go on to biggest bust. Right. Um, so it's funny because Robbie actually had my bust. And, uh, you know, I already, already said I think he's going to be a bust. And we talked about it in the last show. I have Nick Chubb because of Kareem Hunt, essentially. So, I mean, I talked about... Nick Chubb being a bust enough, so I don't think I have to go into it very in-depth there. Uh, but apparently my co-host agrees, and he, he's smart when I say he's smart, and he's smart about this one. So, Robbie, talk about your bust here. Yeah, I, we cannot talk any more minutes about the Cleveland Browns. We already did uh, our due diligence last done. pod. By the way, I apologize to the city of Cleveland, the, the two listeners, and uh, Mandrew. It's probably in, Andrew and his wife. Because Andrew makes his wife listen to everything <laughs> that he does. Say, honey, do like these people? Should I like these people? So, what punishment I- to make anybody listen to this nonsense? Well, Andrew does it. So my bust had it for my bust uh, when we did that 
I had this guy from my bus in our bus episode, which was episode two, I believe, and it is Melvin Gordon. I think it is just absolutely reckless that we are drafting him this early. He's going to split with Philip Lindsay. The offensive line is in shambles. They're moving towards a pass-first offense. The defense is taking some hits now, so maybe they're going to maybe I'll add that into my narrative that they're going to have to throw more, right? Whatever I can do to to continue to say, Melvin Gordon, it, he's not like a, a first two round pick, but he's early enough where I think he's just going to be outside the top 25, 30 running backs. I think Philip Lindsay is going to just cannibalize. They're going to cannibalize each other, and he's he's going to be a bust for me. So Melvin Gordon is my pick there. I mean, if, if you're talking about Melvin Gordon in the third, I think he's going 24 overall right now, or Philip Lindsay, who's going in between the sixth and seventh round, depending on your format or, or league. Insane. <laughs> I'm going to take Philip Lindsay because... Insane. Yeah, I mean, a 1,000-yard rusher, first two years in his league, I believe. Did he not make it the first year? No, he made his rookie year. He made it last year too, right? Yeah, no, Philip yeah, Lindsay no, first two years, averaging... I doubted myself as soon as I said it. No, you're right. Philip Lindsay averages over four and a half yards per carry two seasons in a row. You know who's only averaged over four once in their five-year career? Melvin Gordon, right? <gasps> yeah. What? That's an amazing statistical fact, Robert Jeffries. Yes, yeah, I've, I've already told you that like three times. I know. I'm excited to hear it, though, for everybody else. Uh, so, yeah, so we've talked about Melvin Gordon enough. And, then, by the way, if you didn't need to know how important their, their defense is to the run game, as soon as Von Miller was declared out for the game and essentially the season, that line swung two and a half points against Tennessee, which is almost unreal for a defensive player, and really any player other than a quarterback. So you called me a degenerate last uh, time. I did. Guess who, as soon as he saw was Von Miller was out, went on and, and took the Tennessee Titans at a pick before it moved <laughs> to two and a half. So I contributed to that. Uh, you're welcome. And love uh, it. we're going to go on to best fantasy team there. And Robbie, you're exhausting. Who's your favorite fantasy team there? Who Who is your, who's the best overall NFL team with fantasy players? That's what that essentially means. It's the best overall team. It's the best overall no, fantasy not, team. I had to phrase it's it properly. The 2020 Super Bowl champions. Well, like that's what else can we say? It's well, it's the Dallas Cowboys. It would be the most fitting championship in Dallas history because it would have an asterisk next to it because it'd be the COVID <laughs> year. So if you're gonna win it, <laughs> let's, win it let's this win year, it, man. <laughs> so yeah, this this team is loaded at every single position. I think they have a top five fantasy asset. Tight end, maybe I'll, I'll kind of relax a little bit with Jarwin. I'll go like top eight, top ten, but top five at every other position. Give me Dak. I've already said I think he's going to be the MVP. I have him as, as – I think he's going to be the QB1. I think they've improved enough. Um, and then their defense has gone the other way where he's going to have to throw enough. Zeke, Locke, top three running back. Amari, Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. Uh, just going to be fantasy points galore there. And then Blake Jarwin harped on this over and over again. I do not understand how he is going. It's like tight end 18 when he's going to see 80 targets. He's going to get red zone opportunities. They're going to throw 600 times. So for anyone who's worried about if he's going to be able to get targets with all these other mouths to feed, they're going to throw it enough. Trust me. So yeah, it's, it's Dallas for me. Who do you have? I have the Atlanta Falcons. I think they're the, the two best fantasy offenses out there. The Rams possibly of Jared Goff and Sean McVay can, you know, they took the, off season to get their heads out of each other's asses because that's what it seemed like happened last year. Um, but 
Atlanta. I mean, I, I've talked enough about Julio and Ridley. You, you still have Hayden Hurst coming over there. I think he can be a top six, seven tight end. After the top four tight ends, that it's just up for grabs there. You saw what Hooper did with the targets that he got. Uh, Todd Gurley going there, I think, immediately improved his run game, even though I don't love Todd Gurley there. Atlanta just they didn't have a run game last year. Uh, and then you have Matt Ryan. Guess what? It's the good Matt Ryan year. Isn't that exciting? Uh, Dirk Cotter's, you know, they're in the second year of his system after he came back for the second time. So uh, Matt Ryan's going to eat, which leads to everyone else actually, you know, doing well in Atlanta, which was, you couldn't say that was necessarily the case last year. So, uh, yeah, I think Atlanta's locked and loaded. I think Dallas is going to be very good on the offensive side of the ball, but I think we got it right for the, for the two offenses there, even though I hate to say it. I'm surprised you didn't actually pick the Cincinnati Bengals. You had uh, Honestly, Joe so, Burrow as your so rookie. Is, you had Mixon so really as your – you say that because you just reminded me because I'm going to look in the crystal ball next year – and the top offense will be the Cincinnati Bengals next year. <laughs> wow, right. that's, no, I, I know. Going back I know. to the hot take episode. It's happening every single episode Listen, now. I'm looking you. a year and ahead of time. So when you look back and you see Joe Burrow and what he did and Mixon and what he did and Tyler Boyd and, oh, A.J. Green, he's not completely washed up or whatever like that. And they, they may resign him. C.J. Uzoma. I don't like your tone, so we're going to move on to – <laughs> AFC player props. All right. You guys remember how it works. We're doing spreads essentially. First one, we're going to start with the AFC East. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss getting 30 points. Robbie, are you taking the Zach Sloth or Devin Singletary? Ooh, I like it. Tyler, Tyler Gunther of DHH would love you slamming uh, Zach Moss a little bit there. I'm going Singletary, and that is so against the grain right now. Like Singletary is just getting buried on anything I listen or any tweet I read. Uh, Zach Moss has done this. Zach Moss is going to get goal lines. Zach Moss can catch passes. All Devin Singletary can do is fumble the football. He had a really, really good rookie year. Uh, had a good yards per carry. Um, he's behind a good offensive line. And you know what? Like If the fumbling happens, I guess that that's a concern. But Devin Singletary is a good back in his own right. I don't think they're going away from him. Uh, they brought in Zach Moss uh, to kind of fill that Frank Gore role. I think Devin Singletary is the one A. And sure, you can give me the thirty points, but Singletary's catching the passes. I don't, I don't. Sure, Moss can catch some passes, but he's not catching uh, the amount that Singletary's getting. I will take Devin Singletary. All right, I'm also taking Devin Singletary. You know what? Because you hear about this every single off season or leading up to the season, somebody's struggling. The backup running back who might be a rookie or whatever is going to take on a role. We saw it with. Uh, Deion Lewis a couple years ago with Derrick Henry. We've seen it with Aaron Jones every single year that he's ever been in the league. It just it happens every single year. I can't I can't I can't take it. Zach Moss, I, I'm not no. I didn't like him coming out. I love Devin Singletary coming out. I'm going with the talent there. So we're gonna go Devin Singletary. That's where we're gonna roll. Uh next can one. we hold on, hold on. Can we rant really or can I rant and I hopefully maybe you'll rant with me? Okay, let's rant. I, I I understand this running back class is is top of the line. Might compete with that twenty eighteen yeah. class. Like they're going to be really good. Twenty seventeen class. Mixon was, yeah, twenty seventeen class. You're talking like, Kamara, they're going to be, yeah, gonna be good. 
can we pump the brakes on them like just just a little bit like just just a tad like all of them landed in terrible situations with an incumbent can some of them overcome it you know week three or four absolutely but like thinking that moss acres JT, sir, 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 Vaughan, you're like everybody Akers is, does not have an incumbent, sir, sir, sir. sir. Oh yeah, he's everyone else the, you just said. Go ahead. He, he's the running back three. They have Malcolm Brown. I like, get it. Yep, he's 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 one and done. He'll he'll be amazing first game, and then he won't be anything. He's Sean McVay said he's going to use a committee. How many times now? Like I get it. Acres is probably the best talent. I I agree with that statement, but I think we are just crazy over. Like here here's why I'm ranting. I have a tweet out and I said, who should I start between Jonathan Taylor, Preston Williams, Ronald Jones, you got and blessed. Tony Michelle. And none of those are, are great. Like they all have their issues. And so JT is like the runaway and everyone's like, this isn't even a question. Like, what are we talking about JT? Is JT going to get more than 13 touches in week one? Like I have him between 12 and 14, but the, the big difference between JT is he could pop a, a 65 yarder off. Sure, he could. He's never like he's never played in the NFL yet. Like, I know, I, I know, I know. Week one, that's what everyone is projecting because that's what we saw with him coming out in college. They're excited about Jonathan Taylor. That's absolutely. what they're ready for. It's and I am hype. too. I'm just saying, the the rookies, half of them will disappoint. Probably three fourths of them are going to disappoint. Ch might might actually not have a good game. Can you imagine Ch not having a running back one game right now? Like nobody can even fathom that. What if Darrell Williams comes out and has 14 carries and Three you know what I'm saying? and six yards. <laughs> we're, we're just all assuming we're all assuming every single rookie running back. is going to be amazing week one. And I'm just here to say Devin Singletary is a human too. He will be the better running back this season. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I was going to go on a little rant there about McVay saying he wants a committee with the same thing as Doug Peterson and everything else. The talent's going to line different. up. It's the different. talent's going to wind up weighing. He needs one elite running back for that offense to work. I, I've already, I've already talked enough about Cam Akers on you know different podcasts, uh, but yes, we're on the same page as Devin Singletary there. So we're going to go to another guy you just actually mentioned, who I think. All right, Devin, Devontae Parker, or Preston Williams, plus twenty for the season. So Preston Williams gets the twenty points, and I will take Preston Williams. He is a guy that's being completely undervalued in drafts. You can see him um, all the way down there, even later than like Jamison Crowder at, at some points. Like Ten, he is, eleven. Like it is crazy. I, I don't know if people think he can't come back from the ACL or something like that. I don't know what it is, but people forgot what he did before he went down. Um, I actually have him as as the better wide receiver this season, so I don't even need the twenty points, but I'll take that on top. I'm actually on the same exact page, and I need a little scouting report on Byron Jones there because the Eagles were going after him. He was a Dallas Cowboy. And you know what? All reports out of Miami camp has been that Preston Williams is eating him for lunch. Uh, I, yeah. Hello? And Devontae Parker hasn't been practicing a ton. No, that's 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 really exciting news, honestly. Like Byron Jones, like I don't think he he had a really really good year and got paid for it. And I think he's a good corner. I do not think he's an elite corner. So you know if he's if he's doing stuff against uh, proven corners, like that's that's just more music to our ears. Right, and he is a good corner. He's not elite, but guess what? Corners are tough to come by in the league. And mm-hmm. Preston Williams is big. And the big thing was with him was you had character concerns, and then he had the injury. So. He, he showed last year that he bought in. He was a late round. No, he was undrafted, wasn't he? Yep. 
Yeah, so he's undrafted. He goes to Miami, and guess what? He has an injury. And then he comes back, apparently worked his ass off, and he's dominating out there. So I'm going to take Preston Williams. And you know what? Get excited about Tua if you want to down the road because if he has these two wide receivers to throw to and he's got a running back in a couple years, Lynn Bowden, obviously. We didn't talk about that trade. Breaking news, Lynn Bowden got traded. He's a wide receiver now. Uh, We didn't see that coming. Uh, But anyway, we're going to move on because I'm ranting as well to the New York Jets. And you also just mentioned this guy, Crowder. All right. Sorry. We're going to move on to the New York Jets here. Le'Veon Bell or Jamison Crowder plus 20 points. Robbie, what you got? This one's close for me. Like everyone just hates, hates on the Jets. And I think their options are so limited that it's literally down to these two. You can throw in Herndon as well. I think it's a teardrop there, but it's going to be Le'Veon. Two weeks, two weeks for him. Sorry, yeah. Kev. Love you, buddy. No, that's Cody. That's Cody that's loving him. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think it's it's going to be Crowder for me. I, I, I do like Le'Veon Bell more than everyone else this year, it seems like. But Crowder's going to get 140 targets. Like, when have we ever seen a wide receiver get 140 targets that is going as late as he is? Like, that that's unfathomable. Uh, a lot shorter. His average depth of target is horrendous. But – He's going to just rack up in PPR scoring. I'm going to go Crowder, but I could go Le'Veon as well. Who do you have? You know, I'm going to take Lev um, because I think the Frank Gore thing is a little bit overblown because, again, we talked. you talked about they don't have anybody to throw to, right? Yep. So you might see two running back sets where Frank Gore is out there and Lev is split out in the slot or something like that. You know what I mean? So Adam Gates might even split out Frank Gore. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I just actually intimated that Adam Gase was going to be intelligent against about his <laughs> offense. So I'm really sorry to everybody here. You done messed up. So I made a formal apology to the city of Cleveland. I'd like to make a formal apology to everyone in the world for actually assuming that Adam Gase would be smart and split Le'Veon Bell out and throw him the ball and use him how he's supposed to. So. I don't know. I'm pretty stupid. But we're going to move on to the Patriots anyway. Sony Michelle here or Damian Harris plus 20 points. This could come down to health or knees that don't fall off. Or Bill Belichick just spinning a fucking bottle and figuring out who he's going to give him the ball and then cutting the guy after he scored three, three touchdowns. How many times do you think Bill Belichick has called Brandon Bolden and been like, are you sure you want to opt out? Like, are you sure – like, can you just come back? Like, I just I know. need somebody. I know. He would give Dante Hightower the ball just to screw with people, and he's opted <laughs> out as well. So it doesn't even matter. So, <laughs> Jonas Gray, anybody. So, I, yeah. I have, I have Sony, actually. And here's another guy. I think this entire AFC East just has guys that are hated, and, and these are going to be some values. Not all of them are going to be values. Not all of them are going to hit. But Sony's another guy that after the Damian Harris this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hype this entire offseason. Um, he's just sunk, 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 sunk. People were like, oh, he had surgery in May. No way he's going to be ready for, for the year. And and that, that's an interesting thing, right? Like we, we talk about Debo gets hurt. The timeline says he might be back. Everyone just sinks De- Debo's value. Any offseason injury that's like more than like a week, we already talked about Montgomery on the last episode. Like the overreaction to offseason injury, I think, is where we as fantasy players need to start taking advantage. And I think that's going to be Sony Michelle in this case. Like he's obviously going to be splitting with James White. When Damian Harris comes back, Damian Harris is going to get more than his four carries from last year. But I don't think Sony Michelle is a terrible running back that everybody else thinks he is. I think he is capable. He was good in Georgia. He was good his rookie year. He struggled last year. So he struggled one year. So I think it's going to be Sony Michelle. You can give Damian, Damian Harris 20 extra points. I'll still take Sony. Well, here's the deal. Damian Harris starting the the year on IR. So Sony is going to have a three weeks. Yeah. Three week head start on him. I don't know how many touches he's going to get in those three weeks because he could not be healthy himself, but at the same time, it's more than Damian Harris is going to be. So I will take him. And, you know, I, I just, when we were doing these, I kind of threw up in my mouth with new England and just was like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess maybe. So that's where we went with that. So we're going to go with the AFC South where we actually have good football players. I'm kidding that, you know, <laughs> we're just talking about the new England Patriots backfield. So I didn't know what to do. I hope Sony Michelle's good for our uh, Scott fishbowl team, but we're going to go over to Indy. And the question would be, who do you want to own? in the backfield there, JT or Marlon Mack plus 40 points. Yeah. Speaking of our Scott fishbowl team, I feel like we have too many AFC East players for us to hate on the AFC East the way we have. Well, like maybe I'm I not just, remembering the team, but I don't know if you remember this, but I hate our team. <laughs> yes. We, we have, uh, we have Cowboys, a AFC East didn't, players. didn't draft a running back until Devin Singletary in like the seventh. So, we're going to do really we, well this year. We got we got drunk and um, things happened. It, it happened, and and it's a slow uh, draft, so we just got drunk for like the entire week. Apparently, it, it was. Listen, I was I was at rehab the following week after Scott Fishbowl, and I'm back. I'm off the wagon. Congratulations, my wife doesn't like me anymore. She liked me for two weeks, but now I'm back. So we're talking JT or Mac plus forty points, though, Robbie. Let's let's stay focused there, buddy. Return of the Mac. Return of the Mac. No, I'm just kidding. It's JT. I, I, I just <laughs> want to do that to you. It's definitely JT. So again, going on the rookie rant, Mac Mac is going to be fine for like the first five, six weeks. I think he's probably going to outscore JT in half of those weeks. They're going to, you know, be meh. They're both going to be flex options. Eventually it's going to be JT. And I think JT, once he does take over, is just going to just hit the gas pedal. And so 40 points is quite a bit. It's actually very ambitious. Mm-hmm. But I believe in JT's talent that much. So I made it, one. Listen, I made it to the point where I thought you were going to take Marlon Mack. And I don't know what to do with my hands at this point because you make me angry because I can't even argue because you just you said everything. So the other thing, 
I've been at a couple Eagles games where we played the Chargers, and Phillip Rivers loves checking out, like, and checking into a run where he's like, oh, wow, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> Yes. And now he's finally got an offensive line that is just full of absolute hogs. Yes. Uh, I just – Philip Rivers is going to be able to just say, okay, I know it's a single back set and we're four wide here, but JT, there is an alley. 70 yards, goodbye. Is Philip Rivers allowed to get comeback player of the year from like throwing 25 interceptions last year? Because <laughs> it might be uh, him. Well, sh- uh you don't have to answer that. Next problem. I'm thinking of witty comment about 12 children and not using uh, condom and comeback. So <laughs> you put it together. I don't think he's eligible, unfortunately. So let's go with uh, – we're both on the same page with JT over Mac, though. I don't think Mac's going to be a bad option either. Uh, but, again, JT's going to emerge. He's just going to look like a next-level elite back which Mac is a very good back, but he's not what JT is. Um, all right, let's go to Jacksonville where we get we get a little bit crazy, okay? So we're going to go Shark. Shark. Okay, hold on. Time out. You do this every time. And it's I like shark. saying it. No, it's, it's not shark. shark. It, no, it's Shark. It's it. great. All right, it's Great White DJ Shark. There, Got say it? that if you're going to say it. All right, fine. Great White DJ Shark Board. No? All right. <laughs> I love it. Wipe that off. All right, Shark anyway. Or LaVisca Chenault. Did I say that okay? No, LaVisca, but <laughs> keep going. I'm doing it You're butchering every single thing so right. far. Christ Conley or <laughs> DD Weestbrook. Right, I'm kidding with you. All right, uh, DJ Chark or LaVisca Conley or DD plus 75 points. How much of an edge does Shark have over all the wide receivers in Jacksonville there? Okay, so this is any one of those other three wide receivers plus 75 versus DJ Chark, correct? Yes. Okay. It didn't really matter. You didn't even have to specify. It could have been like two of those wide receivers versus Chark, and I still think he's going to do better. Here's the, here's the problem. LaVisca, Chris Conley, DD, they're all going to be the same, right? Like you're, you're going to start the wrong one if you need like a desperate fl- uh, flex during a bye week. You're going to start LaVisca, and it's going to be Chris Conley that gets the six for 75 or something weird like that. And you know who's just going to be that constant guy getting you fantasy points each week? James you- Robinson. That's it. Absolutely not. Talk about pointless depth charts. Can't get into this. Go ahead, Robbie. Sorry. So, yeah, DJ Chark, even with a 75-point advantage to any one of those wide receivers, give me Chark. Yep. Same here. I don't even want to talk about it anymore because that just makes me sad. All right, we're going to go over to Tennessee. We're going to go with Derrick Henry or A.J. Brown plus 50 points. Now we're talking about PPR here, so just wanted to specify that. And everything has been PPR. So Derrick Henry or A.J. Brown plus 50 points. That is a lot of points to give to one human. I know. On top of them already being a good fantasy player. Here's the problem, though. Derrick Henry – I feel like I'm just a champion for these players that have just been hated on. I think maybe I'm just contrarian. I don't know what it is, but give me going to repeat the touchdowns from last year. I'm fine with that. He's still going to be a top six, top seven ish, top eight ish running back. Like he's still going to be really, really good. PPR. Sure. He's never going to get, you know, 25, 30 plus uh, receptions. It doesn't matter. He runs it 300 times a game. He gets a really good yards per carry. 
Give me Derrick Henry. Yeah, I thought A.J. Brown was going to regress all season a little bit there with the way he actually had his athletes. Targets might go up, his efficiency is going to go down. Um, I think that's something everybody kind of agrees on. But what if Corey Davis turns into a thing like Devontae Parker did and eats into it? I don't know if it's possible. It could be. I'm still taking Derrick Henry for everything that you just said. But, again, what if Corey Davis – Quit agreeing with me. I don't don't like it. I don't like. I made these. I uh, apparently have to be harder on you. All right, ready? Cooks or Fuller? Pick them. We're assuming they're both playing their eight games this season, and (laughs) and I will take Brandon Cooks. I think Will Fuller is great when he's on the field. He and Watson have this really good chemistry. PPR though, Cooks is going to catch a lot more passes, I think, and. Touchdowns, I think, will even out. Give me Cooks in a straight pick them. Neither of them you can you can go to bat with on their health. So keep, keep it with Cooks. I'm going to take Will Fuller because I don't think Brandon Cooks is – You know, we talked about the health factor and everything, but honestly, Will Fuller, when he's on the field with Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson just – he looks for him. Like there was games last year and the year before and the year before where you have Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins on the field at the same time. And you're, if you hone DeAndre Hopkins – you were getting legitimately pissed off because of how much Watson was targeting him. And Hopkins is a top three wide receiver overall in football. Like overall, I'm not talking fantasy wise. I'm talking the nuances of the wide receiver position. And yet Watson is still targeting Fuller more in some games and circumstances than Hopkins. And that's why when he's triple teamed, it doesn't matter. I don't think. And Fuller's still not going to get triple teamed. So he's still Hopkins being triple team, but yes. No, I know, but I'm saying Fuller is still going to have the same coverage. So he's not going. Brandon Cooks isn't going to get triple teamed either. So maybe they they have what a deep safety, but then you have to pick your poison, so to speak. Fuller can run intermediate routes. They can both. They both essentially have the same route tree. So I'm basically going with rapport there with Fuller over Deshaun Watson, and that gets us to the AFC West. And we're going to start off with the defending Super Bowl champs there. Andy Reid finally got a ring, and we are going to get a little crazy with this one. Passing touchdowns are going to be worth six points. You're going to go with Patrick Mahomes or Tyreek and Mecole if passing touchdowns are six points. You make passing touchdowns worth six. like I did because I have the difference at about 50 points points for the receivers and i think they're gonna he's gonna score a little bit more are you telling me your pick before i'm telling you my pick i I basically kind of did if you know how to do math but go ahead well news for you i don't know how to do math (laughs) after like 5 p.m central time i'm just done done with math i'm gonna go mahomes i think that i you know tyreek and meekle you know they're gonna get obviously peppered I do think Miko overtakes Sammy Watkins this season. Again, I don't think it happens week one with all of these emerging guys. I think in time, Miko will take that that threshold. But give me six six points per touchdown, man. I'm going to take Mahomes. Okay, Rain Man, because apparently you just did math and you have no idea that you even did it. Because if it's 38 touchdowns and then he gets two extra points on each touchdown, how many points extra is he going to get? 
like 76. <laughs> right. And if I said the difference is 58, congratulations, you just did it. I can't even talk anymore about this anymore because we're talking about math. Great job, Robbie, Robbie on the arithmetic. So we're going to go on to a second one because they're the Super Bowl champs. And we're going to say CEH or Travis Kelsey at plus 14. Man, this one's another close one. I'm going to go CEH, but it's oh so close. Like Travis Kelsey, obviously a boss, uh, last four seasons, tight end one. But I just think the running back position is is going to slam against any any tight end. Even, even Kittle, who I have as my tight end one, I still think the running back, I think I have CEH as like the running back seven. I still think that's going to outscore the tight end position. If we're talking tight end premium, that's a different different discussion, but – you can give Kelsey 14 more points, and I, I, he's not going to get there. So tight end premium, it's Kelsey. And yeah. in regular football, or I'm sorry, regular PPR, it's still going to be Kelsey. And I really want to say CEH because of the running back position and whatnot, but guess what? Travis Kelsey is going to score more touchdowns, and he's going to get the ball a ton, as he always does, because Patrick Mahomes peppers him because he trusts him. And I know CEH is a first-round running back, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, Kelsey in the middle of the field, it's going to happen. Yeah, that's actually really close. I just looked at my projections, and it's like 10 points off. It's it's extremely close. Uh, I'm still going to keep with CEH, even though I think there is a little bit more volatility there, right? Like, Oh, absolutely. Williams is still there. Can he get more run? Can CEH maybe – take a backseat, not a backseat, but like not the full workload early. Like there's a lot more volatility where I think Travis Kelsey is the safe guy to go with here, but mine's more fun. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing. I'm essentially saying, okay, uh, I I'm going safety over volatility, which is exactly what you just said, because CEH, they might decide to go with the hot hand and Darrell Williams. He's a monster like six times a year. All right. So we're, we're going to move on to Denver here. We're getting a little interesting. We're going to do tag team again like we did in the last episode with uh, with Jimmy G wearing his, his fucking Rey Mysterio Jr. mask and everything like that. But this time it's going to be Melvin Gordon and Jerry Judy versus one Cortland Sutton and Philip Lindsay. It is a pick'em tag team match. Robbie. Well, Melvin gets pinned within like the first five seconds of the match. Melvin Gordon's done. Listen, Melvin Gordon has zero calf muscles, so immediately what you do is you kick him right in the in the in the calf muscle and he falls. He over. goes down. Philip Lindsay does this this bull rush into the corner post, hits him, right, and he's pinned. He's out. Right. So John Elway. John Elway comes running in with a referee shirt, right? Yes. But then yes, he tears the it off. Down. He tears it off and hits Melvin Gordon again because yes. he was a waste of money because he already had Philip Lindsay. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, what a mistake. What a mistake. Royce Freeman comes down, actually, and invades the match. Knocks out both running backs. Drew Locke puts his sunglasses on. I have no idea what's happening right now. But let's get back to the tag team match there. Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy, or Cortland Sutton, and Philip Lindsay in this bad boy. Come on. Yeah, man. As much as you love Jerry Judy, and and I'm I'm, I'm a Jerry Judy guy myself, I think him and Sutton are just going to be really close this year. I can see it going either way. I'll have Sutton for right now. But then on top of that, Lindsay's a good running back. I talked about it at the beginning of the show. I'm not going to go over it again. I'll take Sutton and Lindsay. I hate this 
because it, I want to take Sutton and Lindsay because I don't necessarily like Melvin a lot, but I still think at the end of the day, Melvin is going to wind up getting into the end zone more often than Philip Lindsay. So I'm going to take Melvin and Jerry Judy there. Um, so they all make mistakes. We do. And you know what? It's okay. You're a Dallas fan. It's not your fault. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go over to the LA Chages and we are going to say Austin Eckler or Keenan Allen plus 25. And I just want to go ahead and back this up one year ago from today. If you said anything like this, you would be looked at like you had a lot of things on your forehead. I don't understand because it's just, it's the analogies are flowing tonight. I I don't understand. I I apologize, but it's last year. If you said Keenan would be getting 25 points against Austin Eckler, you know, committed. Anything is possible. I'm taking Austin Eckler all day in this. Yeah. I'm I'm right there with you, and, and this is this is a guy that loves Keenan Allen to death. Like I have probably every single dynasty, I know every you. single dynasty team I have Keenan Allen. But I've also been a big Austin Eckler fan. Who got him for free? What is it? Two years ago now? Are we going on three years of Austin Eckler? Two years ago, undrafted out of what is it? North Colorado State. Western Colorado State, whatever I uh, college he went to. I thought he went straight from middle school to the Chargers, <laughs> to tell you the truth. <laughs> right? And, no, so I'm a big Austin Eckler guy, and he's he's going to beat Keenan Allen. I'm sorry. I just – Tyrod in the offense is going to be a little bit different. Not that Tyrod's going to be bad. They're just not going to throw like they used to with Phil Burrs where they threw it 600 times in a season. So give me Austin Eckler. Ugh. We're going over to the Las Vegas Raiders in their spaceship of a stadium. And you know what? We're going to get a little crazy here. We're going to do two-on-one, Robbie. What do you think? Two-on-one? All right, let's do it. Who do we got? I don't care what you think because I'm doing it anyway. Thanks for agreeing with me, though. Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs or Josh Jacobs plus 25 points. So Josh Jacobs gets the 25 points, and he takes on two rookies who has Derek Carr throwing the football to him. Sure uh, does. Yep, I'm going to go Josh Jacobs, and I don't think it's close. We're going to go on to the NFC, AFC North. By the way, thanks for bearing with me. I have a nasty sinus infection that I'm sure sounds just absolutely awesome at this point of the show. All right, we're going to go AFC North here. We're going to go Baltimore. Mark Andrews or Hollywood, who everyone is on this offseason, but he's going to be getting 25 points against Mark Andrews. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, 25 points is nice for Hollywood, who has been getting a lot of hype this offseason, but I'm going to stick with Andrews. I think the increase in passing volume that I think will happen with the Ravens this year is going to be a it's going to correlate with Mark Andrews improving on his uh, target number. His his touchdown might regress a little bit, but I still give me Andrews, even with Hollywood giving getting 25 points. Yeah, uh, same thing here with Andrews. And I think something that a lot of people forget, last year after week one, Mark Andrews was on the injury report every single week. With mm-hmm. lower, lower body, whether it was an ankle or you know his quad, hammy, groin, it didn't 
excuse me, it didn't matter at all. He was on the injury report. So we have not seen the best of Mark Andrews, and he was a top three, four tight end last year, which is amazing. So, excuse me, I'm going to take Mark Andrews there. Moving on to Cleveland, I usually like to move on from Cleveland, but we're going to move on to them. Let's go with OBJ and Kareem Hunt or Jar- <laughs> Jarvis and Nick Chubb. That's going to be a pick em though, Robbie. You made me laugh. What's up? What do you think? Oh, my gosh. This is just – it's tough, right? Because here's the thing. I'm a, I'm a Jarvis guy. All the loves with OBJ, they think, you know, the injuries and, and this and that held him back. Jarvis Landry has done nothing but put up top 20 season after top 20 season. He was a top 12. He was literally wide receiver 12 last year, and, and I just think he's being undervalued. OBJ, I do have projected for more points this year, but I do think Chubb's going to outscore Hunt, even though I think that we said it, you know, that Hunt's going to chip into that. Chubb is going to score more. Give me Jarvis and Chubb, but it that, it's close and it's very confusing. So thank you for confusing me. <laughs> At this point of the night, I'm hoping to just confuse anybody but myself. So you're welcome. Um I'm going to go OBJ Hunt here because I think OBJ outscores Jarvis by 25 or 30, and I think Hunt possibly outscores Nick Chubb this year. I know that's a lot, Tiki. Stop it. Listen, listen, it's possible. Yes, it's possible. All right. Who's making more money? told me anything is possible. So fun fact, who's making more money this year? Nick Chubb? Oh, it's 100% Kareem Hunt. Hunt. Okay. It has nothing to do with this conversation. It's not relevant whatsoever. Yeah, I was like, where are we going with this? You're welcome for that information. (laughs) I'm still going to take OBJ and Hunt uh, because I think they're going to be that close. That was the point. So I think they're within 20 points. OBJ, Jarvis. OBJ is going to beat Jarvis by 25, 30 points. Net 10, math again. What's up? Pittsburgh, how are we doing? We're going to go with James Conner and Deontay Johnson, another tag team match, or... Juju and Ebron plus 30 points. So again, that's Connor and Deontay Johnson or Juju and Ebron plus 30. I think once you gave Juju and Ebron those 30 points, that, that swayed it for me. Um, you know, the tight end, it, it's really risky to to project that to, to help Juju's case here. Um, but with those 30 extra points, I th- I don't think Ebron will be that far away plus 30 from Deontay Johnson. And then I think Juju's probably going to outscore James Conner. I know they just named him as the bell cow. Um, we'll see that for six weeks until he, you know, nicks up a, a knee or an ankle or something. Um, so yeah, give me Juju and Ebron. So I would probably take Conner and Deontay Johnson at plus 60. I know it's a little crazy there, but I think Conner is going to be closer to what he was when uh, he was the, I think, RB6 the one year around there at 280 fantasy points. And I think Deontay Johnson can score around 200 points. I, I think Holly or Juju can get like 250, 260, but Ebron's coming in at like 140 or so. So I'm going to take Connor and Deontay by a lot. Uh, but, you know, Juju could bounce back in a huge way, and Deontay Johnson could go bye-bye because James Washington, I have no idea. 
None of us do. But it's a really, it's a really hard offense to predict, honestly. It it, when I was projecting, it was one of the, the hardest to do because running back, it was all over the place. Obviously, James Conner, but then behind it, it was confusing. Wide receiver after Juju was confusing. And then how much to give to those first two guys well, right. was tough to figure out as well. Right. So we're going to finish this up with a uh, an ode to Kevin and Cody over at uh, Fantasy Authority. We're going to go A.J. Green or Tyler Boyd here in a pick em. Robbie, pick your side. Man, you know, normally I like to do the more fun pick, but I'm going to do the safer pick here, and that's Tyler Boyd. The injury risk, non-existent compared to, to Green. The targets, I think, will be more for Boyd. Um, A.J. Green, if he's healthy, I he, he'll probably smash this, but Boyd is just the safer pick. I think he's he's been consistent, and I will take him in this 1v1 pick him. All right, so we're going to pick him here. I want to say Boyd, but honestly, I think I'm going to go A.J. here because if you look at what Burrow did last year, I know you can say Justin Jefferson in the slot and Tyler Boyd and everything, but they had some other guy named Jamar Chase, and he used him up. And A.J. Green, he's got talent. Joe Burrow is not just one of those guys who's going to dump it off to the slot receiver like some people like to try and say. He's going down the field to T. Higgins, baby. <sighs> you 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 said Auden Tate wrong. Uh, <laughs> I hate T. Higgins. <laughs> he really disagreed. You know, surprisingly, we for all these, this is our last one, by the way. Surprisingly, we agreed on – a lot more than a I lot thought. of them. Me too, which is really upsetting. But at the same time, when you try and make a show spontaneous, you know what? It's going to happen like that sometimes. Sometimes we're smart. Sometimes Robbie's not. That's all I got to say about it. <laughs> all right. So, it's been a, been a really fun show uh, going over the props. We did our crystal ball, and I uh, can't wait to get back with you guys. And the next time we talk to you guys, I believe there will have been football and fantasy points will have been scored. Robbie, take us out of here. Yeah, guys, like Tom said, we are really pumped for the NFL season. We know you guys are pumped, so keep it locked here. We have a ton of good pods coming out. There's going to be a ton of content coming out on the fantasyauthority.com, so make sure you're checking that out. The The Twitter handle is FF underscore authority. Check it out. We just are going to have waiver wire, start sits, DFS, Dynasty, like everything you guys can need. So make sure you keep it locked right here. I'm Robbie Jeffries at NFL Robbie. That's Tom Corson at Dynasty Infidel. See ya. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.